right, good morning, Linworth. Hope everyone's doing well. Glad you could make it out this morning. So why don't you go ahead and stand up as we join in worship together, all right? How great the chasm that lay between us. How high the
grace abounds We will praise the Lord our rescuer There is good news for the captive Good news for the free There is good news for the one who walked away There is good news for the doubter one religion failed For the good Lord has come to seek and save He's our rescuer He's our rescuer We are free from sin forevermore No how sweet the sound No how grace abounds We will praise the Lord our For the poor, he is friendship for the one the world ignores. He is pasture for the weary, and rest for those who strive. Oh, the good Lord is the way, the truth, the life. So much. You guys can be seated. Rich can come on up. Well, good morning, Linworth. How are we doing today? Yeah. Well, welcome uh, to our celebration service. Uh, if we haven't met, my name is Rich. I'm the family pastor here at Linworth, and so glad that you could be here. Um, our theme for the service is healing through community, and so. Um, 
If this is your first time visiting or you haven't been to one of our celebration services, it's a little bit different than our regular services that we do have. And so each month that where there's five weeks, we take that fifth week and we celebrate what the Lord has been doing here at Linwood. So uh, today, along with some worship, we're going to have some baby dedications, uh, children's ministry graduation event, a short devotional, some testimonies and baptisms, and we should have you out of here by about one or two o'clock is about what it'll be, so. <laughs> Yay, yeah. <laughs> a little bit different too, we have all our kids in with us, so um, you might get, you know, maybe a little more noisier than usual, uh, but we just celebrate having family here. And a reminder, uh, if, if the wiggles get a little bit too much or whatever, we have some wiggle rooms for you. You can go into the back with uh, the services on the TV and you can watch it from there. So, um, any of that, anyways, um, if you are visiting with us, and this is your first song, we'd love for you to grab the Connect card, this little card right in front of you. And if you could uh, grab that, fill it out, and uh, go ahead and take it to the welcome desk at the end of the service. We have a gift there for you. Um, if you mark first time visitor on there, we'd love to send you a thank you card. Just appreciate that you're here with us. I know we have family visiting because of the baby dedications and other visitors, so uh, welcome. We'd love for you to get that uh, filled out for us. Now, what's great about our celebration service, um, as I mentioned before, is this idea of celebrating what God has done in our lives. And so uh, everything that's happening this morning is a part of that. That happens on a weekly, monthly, yearly uh, basis here at Linworth. All right, before we get to the rest of the service, we have, do have some announcements uh, to run through for you. Now you've heard us announce this, announce this a couple of different times, but we are uh, participating in an event called Love Your City or Love Our City. Um, and we're joining other local churches in a, like about a three mile radius here to do this event. And so it's gonna be happening from August 2nd to August 11th. There's a bunch of different ways that you can participate in this from uh, uh, taking care of some schools, weeding and mulching, free car wash, some prayer walks, um, and also uh, donating some school supplies and much more, more. And our hope, our idea here is that as many of you as possible will uh, participate in one of these events. You can participate in all of them or you can participate in just one of them. Um, but we'd love to have you a part of it and for you to meet the other uh, believers here in our local city area. You can find a lot of the information at loveourcitycolumbus.com. That's loveourcitycolumbus.com. Columbus.com. You sign up there for the event that you want to uh, be a part of and participate in, and then you will receive an email with instructions in case you have to bring uh, some things such as tools or if you're, if you're doing that part or car wash and stuff, etc. So what's all happening? Let's see if I can get through this for you. On August 2nd is National Night Out. It's actually a nation, national program, and, um, and it kicks kind of things off 6 to 8.30. And um, so you come out to this opportunity, you support the local community, and it's gonna be a carnival type event. If you're gonna be a part of that, then you come, you sign up and they'll tell you exactly the needs that they have. Uh, second is a vision night, and that's going to be, excuse me, August 4th is International Welcome Outreach Night. And so uh, that's gonna be at Scioto Park, and we're gonna be uh, fellowshipping with internationals, be coming up, creating some conversations uh, with them opportunity to share with them. There'll be canoeing, kayaking, 
and whatever else they do in our river. So if you want to swim, okay, go for it. But uh, you'll have an opportunity to mix with the international students at that time, six to nine there. Vision night, uh, that's um, going to be August 7th. And so that's going to be a, uh, a vision casting time. It's going to be a prayer time with um, all the churches. It's going to be worship. And there's going to be, wait for it, ice cream. Yeah, so I'm sure most of you will go to that event. Okay, uh, and then finally, uh, let's see, on August 10th, we have a neighborhood and school cleanup. And so that's going to be camped here. So just you'll meet here. We're kind of sponsoring that part of this night. So we would love to have you uh, be here for that. We'll be doing outdoor work projects at Centennial High School and Ridgeview um, Middle School. So bring your gloves, tools, and other things. If you sign up again, they'll tell you what you need to bring. Um, so it's something really important there uh, is, is this. So this is the same night as our third week of Discover Life. So we just want to make sure that Discover Life is our priority event for this night. So we don't want you missing that to do the outreach project because Discover Life is an outreach project also. So continue to invite your friends, neighbors, coworkers uh, to Discover Life. That'll be the third week of it. Uh, and make sure that you don't miss that. Uh, finally, I know this is a long announcement, but this is a lot. I want to make sure that you guys really invest in this here. If you can't make any of the outreaches here, you can drop off school supplies for families um, all week long. We're going to, instead of, it's at one of the churches, we're going to have you bring them here, and you can just drop them off in the lobby, go to the website, there'll be information and a list of the supplies that you need, and then we'll get that over to uh, Beth, Bethel Press uh, at the end of the, that time. All right. That's only the first announcement, but there's only going to be two. All right. Okay. We have a membership class coming up, and that's on August 13th, and that's from 10 to 2. And so if you've been coming to Linworth for a while and you consider this your church and you want to become a member here, we want to invite you to that um, class. There's going to be a lot of great information, and um, I believe lunch is provided for that. And so... Um, after attending class, you have an opportunity to meet with one of the pastors. If you come to this, you're not obligated to become a member, but we'd love for you to come. And we hope that you're going to take advantage of this opportunity to become a member here at Linworth. Please register by writing membership class on that Connect card so we know how many are coming. And then also we're going to have our Hispanic friends join us, uh, the ones that want to become members of Linworth. So it's going to be an interpreted event. So it might be uh, a little bit different if you've ever not been to an interpreted um, event before. It's actually kind of cool. So just want to make sure you guys were aware of that. Okay, that's it for all the announcements. And um, at this time, I would like to invite up to the stage Liesel and River. And I was wondering if you guys could bring your parents up here on stage because we're having a baby dedication. <laughs> hey guys. Come this way here, come here. Okay. All right. I love baby dedications. Um, uh, they're just a, a precious time because you just kind of see each next generation um, coming up, being raised by their parents and passing the torch of their faith to them. So um, 
set up some things here for you on a baby dedication. Here at Linworth, we do baby dedications instead of infant baptisms. And uh, believing that the, the scriptural pattern that we see in the Bible is, is that you put your faith in Christ and then you get baptized. And so we're actually going to experience that towards the end of the service when we do have some baptisms coming up here. So um, what's interesting is that the scriptural root of child dedication is found both in the Old Testament and it's found in the New Testament also. Um, where Samuel and then Jesus in the New Testament where Mary and Joseph took uh, Jesus um, to the temple and dedicated him. So um, with that, we're going to start over here with you guys, okay? These are my neighbors, my friends, and adopted family, right? Kind of? Well, they're not agreeing, so I don't know. <laughs> but um, so why don't you go ahead and introduce uh, your family, Nathan? Yeah, great. My name is Nathan. Uh, this is my wife, Lydia, and our oldest, Daniel, Junia, and the little one being dedicated today, Liesl. Okay, good. Um, so each of our families, when they um, dedicate, uh, we'll, have, we'll introduce you guys, don't worry. <laughs> when um, they dedicate the baby, they choose a Bible verse that kind of um, reminds them of their child and the promises and hopes and dreams that they have for their child. So Nathan and Lydia, you guys chose Philippians 1, 9 through uh, 11. Um, I love these, these verses here. And uh, let me go ahead and read it. It says that, and it is my prayer that, you lo- that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment, so that you may approve what is excellent, and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Once again, that is Philippians 1, 9 through 11. And so I understand you guys chose this verse as a prayer. For Liesl. And, um, and so you said that this is your prayer for her, that she will learn to love God and learn uh, to love others well and live for the glory of God. And of course, that just embraces the greatest commandments, right? To love God and to love others. And so that's your prayer uh, for little Liesl, that she embraces that and, and, and as you guys pass on that to her. So let's go ahead and pray for her if we can. And let's see if Liesl will let me hold her. Hi, sweetie. Hi. Hi. Sad face? Okay. <laughs> How about this? Yeah. You can look at all the funny lights. All right. Will you prize, uh, pray with me? Lord, we want to thank you for little Liesl. How precious she is. How beautiful she is. I pray that you'd help Nathan and Lydia uh, raise her the way that you've shown in your word, that you'd strengthen their marriage, that you'd give them courage to be bold in their faith as they teach and pass it on to all of their children, that they'd raise her up in the Lord. And for Daniel and Junia, big brother and sister, I pray over them that they would just be a blessing uh, to their little sister, that they would help her uh, whenever possible. Lord, we pray through this verse that that she would be pure and blameless, that she would have the fruit of righteousness in her life, that she would love God and she would uh, love others, and that she would live for God's glory. Lord, she is precious in your sight, and you have a path laid out for her from the time that she was conceived. 
We lift her up to you. We pray for her in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Why don't you give her a hand? Okay, okay. Well, Sam, why don't you go ahead and introduce your family to us? Well, hi there. Uh, this is my family. This is my wife, Kendall, and our oldest, Bravery, and our youngest, River. And I didn't mix those up. That's good. That's good. That's good. <laughs> and of course, this is uh, special for me because these are my granddaughters. And uh, so I get an opportunity to go ahead and uh, lift them up in prayer too. And uh, they also get to have their great grandfather here who just came in from California to witness this event. So uh, it'll be special anyways. Um, okay. So Sam Kelly, you guys chose Psalm 46, 4 through 6 for river. And it, it just, it fits, doesn't it? There is a river whose streams make glad, river glad, the city of God, the holy habitation of the most high. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. And so um, your prayer for River, uh, as you guys indicated, is that she would come to know Jesus as her Lord and Savior and throughout her life, that she is able to experience God's powerful presence flowing through her. Um, and of course, you hope that she lives a, full, a life full of joy, gladness, and that she is dependent on the Lord as her stronghold and helper. So, all right. Hey, dear little one. Hi. Okay. All right. Should we pray? Okay. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for a little river. You knew her when she was conceived and the path that you have laid out for her. We pray for her mom and dad that you would strengthen them, strengthen their marriage and their resolve to raise their children unto the Lord. I pray that they would be encouraged and Lord, that they would be blessed. I pray for bravery, River's older sister, that you'd help her to be a big sister to River and also to bless and to encourage her. Lord, and we just wanna pray for this verse. Uh, Lord, I pray that River lives a life full of joy and gladness that brings a smile to God's face, that God will be in the midst of her life, that she will be steadfast, as the verse says, and that the Lord will be her stronghold and be her helper. We pray that you bless both these families. They are precious in your sight. I thank you that uh, their desire is to raise up their children in the Lord. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Give them a hand. Okay. Lisa, are you ready? Why don't you give Lisa, our children's director, a big hand. And we have a great moment for our kids here. Some of them. 
would you like? Right here. Good morning. So, for Cross Crew this morning, we get to celebrate two of my very favorite things. They're not really things, but students and volunteers. And to get things started, we're going to focus on a group who are wrapping up their time in Cross Crew and are moving on to Lifeline, our middle school and high school ministry. And this morning we have a Bible for each of them. So when I call your name, please come up on stage and stay here until everyone's name has been called and do not move until I tell you. <laughs> okay. Uh, Allie Arthmeyer, Natasha Bakker, Eliza Carnes, Hudson Carruthers, he's sick, but maybe he's watching, so hi Hudson. Um, Annabelle Coe, Sophia Harger, Isaac King, Gretchen Major, Jacob Nador, Ruby Skideman, and Eliana Stutz. I'll give him a minute more. Now, this is a very smart and chatty group, and we love them. But we know that they probably don't remember every single lesson that they've learned, and I'm not going to quiz them on it right now. Um, but our prayer has been that collectively over the years, all the lessons together have painted a full picture of a good God who loves them very much. And our prayer is that they will build on that foundation so that they have a life fully grounded in Christ. So before we go, we're gonna pray for them. And originally I wanted to have every single person who serves in Cross Crew to come up on stage, but my plans were foiled by time and space limitations. So, in lieu of that, we're going to ask our preschool and elementary teachers to please come up on stage. If you're serving in Cross Crew, there will be a reward. Just come on up. While they're coming up here, I'd just like to say thank you to all of our volunteers. You are the hands and feet in this church that are doing the necessary work to raise up another generation of Christ followers. Now, flexibility and a sense of humor are so important in children's ministry. In a pandemic, oh my goodness, these people have been rock stars. They've signed up, showed up, switched weeks, switched roles, with hula hoops, without hula hoops, in, out. It's like a Dr. Seuss book gone wrong, okay? Um, parents and kids, can you please join me in letting our cross cream team know how much we appreciate them?
after the service, I'd like to continue the celebration in the fellowship hall. And this is the part where everyone has to listen very carefully, okay? There's going to be a table set up. You won't miss it, trust me. And on it, it's going to be filled with Grater's ice cream, exclusively for our volunteers. <clears throat> and the fifth graders are gonna give it to them, okay? And um, there will also be pens available, and our goal is to have the volunteers sign your Bibles, kind of like a yearbook. You probably don't know what that is yet, but you'll find out, okay? Um, and I guess that's really about it. Pastor Rich, will you pray for us? Certainly. Uh, this is representative of um, what it looks like, is, you know, why we've been around for 40 years is because uh, we keep you know, intentionally raising up the next generation of children. And it's so very important to us. And so, you know, you guys are amazing and we really do appreciate you. You're gonna be moving on big time. This is great stuff. So, and can I have a cup of Grater's ice cream too, please? Okay, all right. Well, let's go ahead and pray. Lord Jesus, everyone is precious in your sight. and. You know, each one of these uh, children, um, each one when they were born, uh, each path that they would take, and you know that they would be here uh, through, uh, through your providence at Linworth Road Church, the parents that they would have, the classes, the teachers, what they would be taught here, Lord, and we thank you for that. And so we pray for each one of them uh, that they would treasure the time that they've had uh, in the younger classes as they move up now uh, that you would bless them, that they would take the lessons and the scriptures that they memorized, and that they begin to turn and apply them to their lives in actionable ways, not just in memor just memorizing them. And so thank you for them. We thank you for all the teachers and even the many teachers that have been involved in their lives that are not up here uh, today. We pray all these things in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Okay, we're inviting up uh, uh, Pastor Chris with a few of his friends to, to continue on uh, our celebration service. We having fun yet? Yeah, good time, good time, wow. We're going to have a couple of testimonies this morning, Courtney, and then a little bit later, Doug Riggle. And uh, will you welcome Courtney, by the way? This is, this is not her favorite thing to do, and, uh, but I uh, gently twisted your arm, right? It was gently. Yes, yes. Uh, before she shares, I do want to uh, share one scripture together. Um, Part of the purpose of this time is that we recognize and hear stories of the way that God is working in not just the pastor's lives, but is working in the lives of our members and doing so much. And so look forward to hearing these two stories. And the theme that we chose this morning was the, the, the power and the healing that's in community. And when we're in community, and in connectedness, heart and soul with other believers, God uses his word, he uses his scripture, and he uses it 
through speaking with and through one another and embodying that in our love for one another, demonstrating it in our concern for one another. And we see healing and transformation genuinely take place. One text that I've always loved that speaks to this is in Colossians 2, beginning in verse 2. And Paul is talking about his ministry and his hope for these uh, churches that uh, he is working in and his efforts have been directed towards. And he says in verse 2 that my goal is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love. This community, this church, this, this spiritual community may be united in love, may be encouraged in heart so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, and verse 3, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. This is what happens, friends, when we avail ourselves and open ourselves up to live in a community that's word-centered, that's focused on loving one another. There's a true healing that can take place. So both Courtney and Doug in a moment are going to share their stories about experiencing the healing power of community. So Courtney, you ready? Okay. Hi, friends. Thanks for letting me share my story today. Um, the last couple Sundays, Chris had been talking about dreams in our life and dreams that God gives us to live out. And I feel like I've been in a season of dreaming in my life lately, and so he asked me to share where um, I've been and where I'm coming from. So I am married to Joe. I am mom to Annabelle and Natalie. Um, I teach high school, and I was telling my kids that I felt uncomfortable about coming up here, and Natalie uh, told me, she's like, I'd be so proud of you if you faced your fears and got up there anyways. <laughs> so I'm here. <laughs> um, if you've known me for more than five minutes, you know that I really like people. I much prefer deeper conversations to just small talk, and I'm usually okay with sharing really hard things and asking deeper questions. I've left many a small group uh, feeling what Brene Brown calls the vulnerability hangover, where you leave going, why did I just share so much? They must think I'm nuts. It might happen today. <laughs> so, um, I've had this hanging on my wall for a really long time. It says, God often uses our deepest pain as the launching pad of our greatest calling. I know that in God's kingdom, nothing is wasted and the Lord can turn even the hardest things into something beautiful, but for pretty much all of my 30s, I questioned whether or not that could possibly be true for me. Um, almost 10 years ago, I was pregnant with my second child, and we don't know why, but the baby died. Um, so I delivered and hailed, and then we buried our stillborn son. We named him Zachary Ryan, which means the Lord remembers, and Little King. Uh, grieving him was harder than I realized it would be, and it was way more lonely. A few years later, I was pregnant with our fourth child. About eight weeks in, the doctors told me that it was an ectopic pregnancy, which is not viable and could actually kill me if not removed. Um, so on my way to the hospital, it did rupture, and I remember laying on the ground, waiting for help to get there, thinking, all right, God, this could be it. Um, the doctors performed the surgery in time. I obviously survived, um, and we named this baby Sarah, which means princess. People don't always grieve the same way, which is certainly the case for my husband and I. We did not grow closer together in our um, sad times like I had hoped. 
that we would. Um, the opposite happened. Throw in a major job loss, which shifted the roles in our home and caused a lot more conflict that years of marriage counseling just didn't seem to fix, all while raising two little kids and being exhausted from holding the weight of disappointment and grief. And in my faith, there was a struggle. I was dreading my future. I was not dreaming about it. I've been following Jesus since my early 20s, and I knew the truth about God and what he has to say about me. I knew that he saw me as his precious child, but I wasn't feeling important to God at all. The Bible says that he's my protector and my shield, but I wondered what exactly was God protecting me from? I couldn't see it. I know the Bible says that God hears every prayer and knows my heart, um, but too many hard things were happening and it felt like God was giving me the opposite of what it prayed for and um, I actually grew timid in praying for a while because I was scared if I asked for anything good that God might just rip it away from me. The Bible says that God is good and that he works all things for good but it didn't seem good at all that he would let my babies die and my marriage continue to struggle even though I was doing my best. So what was true was not lining up with what I sensed was real in my life. Um, so either I wasn't seeing things right or God wasn't who he said he was. I figured it was me. I needed help to get my perceptions to realign with God's truth because praying harder and memorizing more Bible verses just wasn't working. Um, I shared the struggle with my small group at the time and I've shared it with Pastor Chris. Um, and so God started lining up people and experiences for me to take next steps. Uh, Christy Vonville, who goes to church here, she invited me into a healing care group back in 2016 where I was introduced to some spiritual practices that focused on really slowing down and being contemplative. Our group learned about um, formational prayer, which um, slowed me down enough to create this internal space that gave me the opportunity to sense the Holy Spirit's presence and to interact with Jesus in a very intentional and experiential way. Um, that didn't come easily to me as it was really different from how I had learned how to pray before, but it was good and I wanted more. So after that care, um, healing care group ended, I followed up with a counselor who used formational prayer as an integral part of my counseling experience with her. For four years, I showed up in her office and was given the chance to participate in this type of prayer as a way to help me bring out the things in my life that had hurt so much. So between my counselor's empathetic responses and Jesus continually meeting me and speaking directly to me in those vulnerable places, that gap between what was true and what seemed real started to be bridged. It turned out that I didn't actually need for life to be easier or to have all my prayers answered the way I hoped in order to feel secure with God. What I really needed was to know that I was seen by God, that I was authentically known, that I was deeply cared for by Jesus, and to know without a doubt that I belonged to him and that my grief mattered and that I mattered so much to him that his care and concern for me would never stop. That's what every one of us needs when it comes down to it. So God did not change my life situation so much as he changed and is still changing the internal landscape inside of me. Um, this level of change is beyond what I thought was possible and it's freed me up to dream. Um, this, on, this is ongoing, of course. I've got lots of things I'm still working for. Some days are crazy and some are just really hard, but I don't dread my future anymore. I'm really excited about it. Um, so I know that if God can show up like that for me and change me in such a significant way, that he can do it for you too. We all need to know and experience that we belong, that we're significant, that we're safe, that we matter, and that the events of our lives matter. And for others who are struggling to get their own version of real to line up with truth, um, there's tools, and I want to help with that. 
So God has placed this undeniable excitement about sharing life and prayer with others. So I am daydreaming on how to incorporate some informational prayer in my community and maybe here at Linworth. Um, not exactly planning as I have nothing to show for these dreams yet. Um, but I have attended some conferences through the healing care ministry with some others from this church. Um, and I just learned on Friday that I got accepted into the one year certificate of informational prayer program that I'll be working on this year that'll train me to offer care and prayer to others better. So these dreams are not coming from a sense of me having to do more for God because he doesn't really need me to break into anyone's life. He can handle that all on his own and he is a God of healing and so I know he will do that in one way or another. Rather, I'm like all in to whatever God has lined up for me next, whether it be starting something new or just being available to friends. Whatever it is, I am thankful for the opportunity to be a part of it and so I'm dreaming that maybe God really will use my deepest pain as the launching point for my greatest calling. So you guys usually see me up here doing announcements. This is a little different today. I have no announcements to give. Um, I, I've been, I wanted to do this uh, for a couple of reasons, and I know that some of this may surprise a few of you. Um, later this year, probably the fall time, I'll be moving out of state into South Carolina. Um, and I wanted to share a lot about what Linworth has taught me over the years. And I've got seven things written here. I could probably write 27 things that I've learned being part of this body. Um, but I just really, uh, this is just really great timing. Um, you know, I, embarking on something new has got some fear with it, but I know that the Lord's calling me to new things and I'm excited about that and just to see what he's gonna do next in my life. Um, but to start with, you know, when I look at back at almost 30 years of being here, this is hard to believe, um, the first thing that God taught me through this church is to trust in the Lord. So when I showed up on Lindenburg's doorsteps a long time ago, um, I was broken. I was going through a divorce. I was grieving the loss of my marriage. I was grieving the loss of my church. Um, and Lindenburg really helped me to rebuild that trust. Um, I, I came by myself the first week. I met Chris my first day. He introduced himself and we chatted for a few minutes. The next week I showed up, which again, for me, being an introvert, showing up with a bunch of people, um, it's not my normal um, idea of fun, but I came again the next week because I liked what I heard. Um, it was nice hearing worship music, which we didn't have at my previous church. And uh, the other pastors walked up and they walked right up to me, introduced me, knew me by name, which was really cool. Also a little creepy on the fact that like, they all know who I am and my other church, I served in leadership in a leadership role for like six, seven years and none of the leaders could pick me out of the lineup. So it was just an amazing thing. Um, just serving alongside of people here at Linworth, um, it just, all of that helped build my trust back in the Lord and what he was doing. Um, and uh, Jeremiah 29, 11 says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plan to prosper you and not to harm you. 
uh, plans to give you hope and a future. And almost from the beginning, I, I really felt like I had a, a future here at Linworth. Um, the next thing I think that the Lord really taught me and helped heal me in is God um, wanted me to become who he wanted me to become. Yeah, my other church, uh, I um, was largely serving in the shadow of other people. I had, a, you know, my best friend and his wife were there, and I was doing everything that they did, and I wasn't really making my faith my own. Um, and it was just an amazing thing to see what God had me do. And I like, started listing out the things that Linworth let me explore. Um, started off with a literary collection. I don't know, does that still exist? <laughs> we, we did these, I, I, I curated writings from people at different uh, Great Commission churches at the time, and we published a literary book, and um, not published it, we, we printed it out on the printers here and uh, um, gave copies to the members here. But it was just like a first step of me exploring new things, and that led to then divorce care. And Janet, uh, back then Janet Homan and I, started that ministry, and we ran that for seven years, and were really reaching people in the community who were hurting. And then singles ministry, I helped lead the singles ministry for a time. And then missions and evangelism, I paired up with Mike Failer and... <laughs> Not sure what that was. We may need a new uh, building fund. Um, <laughs> it's not, no. <laughs> um, and just leading missions and, and uh, exploring the, the, my ability to share my faith for the first time with this church. Lifeline, I did that for three and a half years with a group of high school boys, saw them all the way through graduation, leading small group, um, and then becoming ministry development director, which is you know, the, you know, the role I still play here along with giving career guidance as part of the deacon ministry here. Um, and oddly enough, I'm, I'm going back into writing as I enter the next chapter of my life. You know, for two years I've been collaborating with a fellow saint on a book, and we both feel that it's a springboard to new ministries, and we're excited to see what God's going to do through that. Um, but a lot of that book has echoes of Linworth and all the things I've learned and healed through over time. Um, I've also learned that joy and the fruit that comes with serving others is just amazing here. Um, let each of you look not only to his own interest, but also to the interest of others from Philippians 2.4. I've said this so many times giving announcements that you're probably tired of me saying, but Christianity, our faith is not a spectator sport. God encourage, act, encourages acts of service as a way to know him better while carrying out the gospel, whether it was through divorce care or the singles ministry or missions. I learned to serve by listening to the Lord and creating a greater reliance on the Holy Spirit. Orphan World Relief. So for those of you who don't know, in 2008, I started Orphan World Relief which is a 501c3 nonprofit ministry that Linworth has been a part of. All the way back to 98 when Chris and Louise and a few others and I were serving in Kyiv, Ukraine. That's where Orphan Relief began. And it's just been such a great blessing to watch that grow and prosper over time. Um, and it all started here. I mean, it really started with this church. And it's not ending, so Kim Fallis is now the executive director of Orphan World Relief. Um, yeah, give it up for Kim. I'm just very pleased that a lot of the people who have helped support this ministry um, 
are part of this church. Um, Karen Hoyt is our office manager. Um, Faith was our office manager beforehand, and it's just been uh, just an amazing thing to watch God learn, teach me how to serve um, by this opportunity and that opportunity and all the different things. Also, sharing my faith. Um, we're all called to be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks for the reason that you have for the hope in the Lord from First uh, Peter three, fifteen. Leading missions and evangelism along with Mike Failer, such an amazing time of my life. Um, it prompted me to write my first book on sharing your personal testimony. And it was just an amazing thing, whether it was in Italy or in Greece or Ukraine, Honduras, Nicaragua, we all came together as a, a body of believers and I learned that sharing my faith was the best thing I can ever do in life. The first person I ever reached out to on my first mission trip to Italy, Rocco Mela, I don't, probably don't remember him, he came and stayed with me for a month, years and years ago. After 20 some years, he finally accepted the Lord. You know, and it's like, it was just such a, one of those things where, and it's like other people were, you know, speaking into his life. And it's this idea of not giving up. Um, and that me sharing my faith at the very beginning of, of that wasn't in vain. God does amazing things. God also taught me how to grieve. Um, the book that I'm working on now really covers this in a lot of respects. You know, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. Linworth, I will say, has seen me at my worst through my divorce, um, through the trials of adoption of my son, through the loss of my parents, through the loss of my son. And through it all, I learned to grieve both privately and publicly. Um, the TEDx I did a few years back was part of that public process of sharing grief and verbalizing what I'm going through in the moment. I remember the week after my son's funeral, I knew I needed to be somewhere. I needed to be at church. I also didn't want to be surrounded by a bunch of people coming up to me. So I, I remember talking to Chris, I sat in the back uh, after the church had started and I left before church ended. But I still knew that this is where I needed to be. And you guys have all been part of that healing process. You guys embraced my son while I was here. I got to baptize him on the stage. This is before this whole side thing was built. Um, and I you know, celebrated his life here with so many of you at his funeral uh, later on. Also, the final thing I will say, oh, no, next to final thing, <laughs> purpose. Um, we know that God causes all things to work together to good for those who love the Lord and to those who are called according to his purpose. I have not lived my life in vain. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Everything in my life, the good, the bad, the worse than bad with words I can't say in public. Um, God uses all of those things to heal others. And he's allowed me and blessed me with the trials I've gone through and turned it around to help other people grieve, to help other people heal, to help other people understand his purposes for their life. Um, and it's helped me to understand the Holy Spirit and living in the moment and just listening to God's voice inside of me. Finally, last one, um, I promise, uh, love. God taught me to love. Um, and it's the most important thing that I've learned. I learned how to give love, how to receive love. When I first accepted Christ, before I even moved to, to Ohio, I, I, I was exposed to a supernatural love that I'd never experienced before in my life. 
Um, I found some in my previous church, but when I came to this church, I felt it and I experienced it. And over time, I started learning how to reflect it to others. Um, but it's so necessary for your faith to grow. And I told Chris this before, you know, I know I'm physically leaving um, probably around September, October timeframe, but Linworth is always part of my life. I'll be back in holidays, so you'll still see me once in a while. Um, and my story's not over. I'm excited to see what God has next for me. Uh, Kevin, the guy I'm working on my new book with, we've been doing this for two years now, we just see God's hand in it. And we are looking forward to that next ministry opportunity, and we want to share that with this congregation of believers for certain, but also with as many people as possible. But uh, I just want to share these things today because of my gratitude and uh, got Kleenex for a reason uh, and love for each and every one of you. So I just thank you so much. Thank you. Wow, powerful, powerful. I guess from a pastoral standpoint, um, I hope that those stories uh, touched you in a way that if you are in a place in your life where uh, you need healing, you're suffering, you're going through things and you're just not sure where God is, I wanna really just encourage you to, uh, to reach out uh, uh, to a friend, a life retriever, or um, uh, one of the pastors here and we'd love to sit down with you and, and help you and uh, get you some resources. But don't do it alone. Um, you can see that it takes community uh, for healing to take place uh, in our lives. And that's just the way God created us. And that's why he created the church. And so I want to strongly encourage you uh, to do that. So, man, this has been great, hasn't it? Yeah, okay, well, we're going to finish up with some baptisms. So um, we have the privilege of uh, witnessing some of our, our little friends declare to the church and, and, and bigger friends to, and to the world that they belong to Jesus Christ. And um, baptism itself in, in, a, in a Christian's life, in an individual Christian's life, it's an important event. And it's something that uh, the scripture teaches us and shows us and uh, so it tells us in the book of Romans that one of the purposes and meanings of baptism is that it symbolizes, excuse me, Christ's death, burial, resurrection, uh, and our partic participation in that. And he brings us along in that baptism shows that. It represents and shows the one that's being baptized that they have been washed and cleansed and forgiven of their sins, and it doesn't save them, but it represents this, that their old life is death, dead and buried, and now they have been raised to a new life in Christ. And not only that, but baptism is also our public initiation or declaration that lets everyone know, as we said earlier, that we now belong to Jesus Christ, he is our savior, and we are his, and we belong to his church. And so with that said, I would like to invite up now Ruby and Violet Schutman and Colin McMillan. Why don't you give them a hand?
Okay, so in a second we're going to hear um, a, t a testimony from each of them, and uh, we'll give them a chance to talk about their story of coming uh, to Jesus. Um, but before that, we're going to ask everyone here, or excuse me, I'm going to ask you guys a series of questions, okay? And if you agree with them, I want you to respond by saying, I do. So here they are. Do you desire to be baptized today? Do you renounce the three enemies of God and of your soul, the world, the flesh, and the devil? Do you put your faith in Jesus Christ and accept him as your savior? Do you desire to turn from sin and know, trust, and obey Jesus? Great, okay. Colin, we'll start with you and give us your story. Hi, I'm Colin. Um, my parents actually baptized me as a child. Uh, so after that, I basically started going through Sunday school and all that stuff, just like here. Uh, we went through confirmation and I had to write a testimony back then about the Holy Spirit. Um, and I remember giving it to my peers and everything like that. And I f that's the first time I felt Christ come into me. Um, and I feel like uh, that I was supposed to do it like that. Um, anyways, fast forward until about, I would say, freshman year of college, I remember going through a rough spell, and I felt like I was lost a little bit. Um, I lost a lot of people in my life at the time. I lost a relationship. I was in a dark place and everything like that, um, but luckily, I had a family around me that really helped me um, overcome those fears, um, but anyways, passed after college into I'd say 2020, 2021, I was still going to my church over here off High Street. Um, the inerrancy of the Bible was not being followed. I felt it was like, like I was really hurt. Um, so I was actually invited to here, and I've been here for about, I'd say about 18 months or so, and I had been praying about it and thinking that I should get baptized again because I need to a, have a, a renewal of my life to Christ. Um, and so I was, thankfully, the Lord told me that it was, and here I am today. This is Ruby. Go ahead. Hi, I'm Ruby. Am I So some of the questions were, when did you come to know and receive Jesus? I came to know and receive Jesus by going to church for a while and asking my dad questions and concerns about learning about Jesus' requests. I also came to receive him by reading little Bible books, like day-by-day -day things, that I read to help me better understand the works of God. And I don't have a specific time that I became to really know Jesus, but I've been coming to know him more and more. And the second question is, why do you want to be baptized? I want to be baptized because Jesus and God want me to, and Jesus did it for example to us. Um, being baptized also means that I'm reborn again and that I trust in Jesus. I also really want to listen and trust Jesus more. Thank you. Thank you. And this is Violet. 
So I'm answering the same questions that Ruby did. So hi, I'm Violet. When did you come to know and receive Jesus? Well, I started to believe when I was really young, but it keeps growing stronger the more and more I learn about him. But the past years when I've been trusting him more and that has been helping me through my life. And the second question is, why do you want to be baptized? I want to be baptized because Jesus was baptized and that's what he wished for us. Also because it makes me feel like I'm starting brand new. Okay, why don't you guys make your way over to the baptism. Guys, this is great. So if you can't see, you're more than welcome to get out of your seat, go up against the wall there and take a look. We're hoping in the very near future to have this so it pops up on the screen, but uh, we don't have that at this moment. So feel free to go by uh, close to the baptism. This is special as dad gets to baptize his daughters. All right, let's, uh, this is a monumental event for them. Let's stand and thank the Lord uh, through worship. Where I run, the fountain I drink. 
So, so 
There we go. Thank you, Steve. Thank you so much for coming. I'm trying to avoid everything electric up here. Not to stand on it. Avoid it. I think the mic is safe. As long as I'm not standing in water. Um, nothing more precious than seeing a parent baptize their child. Wow. That's awesome. Congratulations to all the parents that are here this morning. Nothing more wonderful than your senior child. Make that, that statement of faith. It's beautiful. Hey, just a few closing thoughts here, friends. Um, uh, we want to invite you back for our next series. And it's going to be a very special one. Actually, as Colin alluded to, here at, in our spiritual community, in our church, we do believe the Bible to be the inspired words of God, inspired word of God. We believe it to be trustworthy. But the reality is, is if you go to the internet or go to the meme universe, you're going to find a lot of verses that seem to indicate that the Bible is crazy or the Bible is totally irrelevant or the Bible is out of touch or that the Bible is dangerous. One verse is sort of plucked up out of its context and seems very believable. We think this is a really critical time at our church to talk about why the Bible, why we believe the Bible to be really trustworthy, the inspired words of God. And so we're going to answer a lot of those questions that make the Bible seem weird and bizarre. And uh, there are answers. We believe there are very strong and reasonable answers to these questions. And so uh, the series is called, Wait, That's in the Bible? And what I'd encourage you to do is if you go to our website on the homepage and click Featured Events and uh, click the series and you'll get a description and you'll see where we're going uh, over the next six to seven weeks. And I think friends are gonna be inspired to invite and include your friends to this series. So we wanna encourage you to do that. Go to the site, understand what, where we're going, and then think of a friend, think of a coworker, think of a neighbor who's had some of these questions and include them in our series. And, and also, in addition to that, if you're here this morning and you are seeking God, you're not sure what it means to know Christ, you're, you've got questions about the Bible, you've got questions about Christ, well, if you're in that camp, click on that other featured event called Discover Life and come here on Wednesday evening because we have provided a safe and accepting environment to ask those very questions. It begins with dinner. Again, you'll get all the details on the website there. Again, it begins 6.30 on this Wednesday night. And if you want to bring someone, it is not too late. It is not too late to bring someone. And then finally, we had so much fun eating cake last celebration service. Remember that? We actually did it for Pastor Nick. It was a way to commemorate his final Sunday being on staff. But we got to thinking, hey, cake's a great way to celebrate. So cake is now going to be an official part of our celebration ceremonies. It's going to say baptisms, dedications, testimonies, cake. All right? So join us afterwards in the fellowship hall and uh, fellowship together, connect together, 
enjoy some chocolate cake. Let me bless you before we go. May the love of God, may the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, may the grace of Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. Go and serve.